Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. In our podcast series, we are going to discuss a range of topics affecting police officers and anyone involved in the criminal justice system. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com. Police pension has always been regarded as a key element of remuneration of police officers. The regulations, mechanisms and legal tests for entitlement of ill health pensions and police injury awards is complex and requires careful consideration. I'm Daniel Burke from 3D Solicitors and with me to discuss this is Jonathan Halal and QC. Jonathan, let's discuss the basis for entitlement to ill health pensions and police injury awards and in particular the purpose of the latter. Starting with ill health pensions, uh, the basis of entitlement to those is that the officer concerned is permanently disabled uh, for the performance uh, of his duties as a police officer. And what that means is that he's permanently disabled from performing the full run of duties that you would expect a police officer to perform. Right. Uh, that's the basis for ill health pensions. Uh, there is an additional requirement for a police injury award that that permanent disablement, which I have just described, must have been attributable to an injury uh, sustained in the execution of his duty. And you asked me, I think, about the the purpose of police injury wards in particular. Uh, They are designed to compensate, specifically to compensate the officer concerned for a loss in earning capacity as a result of the duty injury. Uh, and, and that's the, the the basis on which the level of those awards is, is calculated. Right. And what's the structure under which the entitlement to pensions is determined? The, the mechanism for determining uh, entitlement to ill health pensions or injury awards is effectively the same. The, the police pension authority is, in most circumstances, the chief constable. But under the regulations, and there are different regulations dealing with ill health health pensions on the one hand and injury awards on the other, uh, under both sets of regulations, the chief constable is required to refer certain medical questions to uh, a selected medical practitioner. And those medical questions govern entitlement to the award. So for the purposes of uh, an ill health pension, the questions are whether the officer is disabled and whether that disablement is permanent. And as far as injury awards are concerned, the additional questions are uh, whether the disablement has been caused by an injury sustained in the execution of duty, and if it has, the degree of disablement. And the degree of disablement, going back to my previous answer, is the extent to which uh, the officer's earning capacity uh, has been affected by his duty injury. Right. And 
What's the time interval between determinations of permanent disablement, so the basis for entitlement to ill health pension, and, and the question of whether disablement was sustained in the execution of duty as the basis of entitlement to the injury award, as it seems that may cause some difficulties? Yes, it's one of the features of the system. I mentioned in my last answer there are essentially four four issues that may need to be determined, that do need to be determined, in the case of entitlement to an injury award. But it is commonly the case that those issues are not determined all at the same time, nor necessarily by the same selected medical practitioner. And the reason for that is this, that an officer may be declared to be permanently disabled, that uh, gives the chief constable the the power, um, if the chief chief constable so chooses, to require the officer to retire on the ground of that permanent disablement. But of course, the chief constable doesn't have to do that, and there are many police officers who are found to be permanently disabled in the sense that they can't do all the work um, that a regular police officer is required to do. But they are nevertheless retained for some time, sometimes years, in restricted roles, but they remain police officers. So they they haven't uh, retired. Often, um, a number of years later, they are required to retire. Uh, And it's only at that point that the question uh, arises, or or may arise, whether the injury was sustained in the execution of duty. So you have sometimes a decision made a number of years before, Mm. which forms the basis, or part of the basis, for a decision which is being made now. Uh, And that can cause problems, in particular in relation to what part, if any, of the original decision is binding on the later decision maker. Uh, uh, And I uh, have been involved in a a recent case uh, relating to a psychiatric injury where one of the findings of the court uh, was that in the case of a psychiatric injury, an earlier um, decision that the officer is permanently disabled is binding, but the precise psychiatric diagnosis is not binding. So that the uh, SMP making a later decision on the question of entitlement to an injury award can revisit the diagnosis, although he can't revisit the question of permanent disablement. So was a a legal test picking up on that? There's a, a legal test for an injury sustained in the execution of duty, but also in particular psychiatric injuries, which we're now getting better at understanding and recognising. So maybe quite important they can go back and look at something again. Many of the cases that come to uh, litigation in the form of uh, uh, judicial review relate to psychiatric injury. And there's a particular reason for that The regulations provide, in this case it is the 2006 Police Injury Benefit Regulations, 
that where an officer suffers an injury on duty, that is deemed to be uh, sustained in the execution of his duty. Now, where an officer sustains a physical injury, it's frequently going to be very clear when he sustained it. Yes. And if he sustained it when he was on duty, then in a sense, that's the end of the matter. The difficulty, the particular difficulty with psychiatric injuries is that commonly it is impossible to determine exactly at what point in time they have been sustained. Mm. And so the deeming provision that I've just referred you to does not apply in those circumstances. And the, uh, the decision maker has to fall back on the test of what is meant by the execution of duty. And that definition has been the subject of considerable judicial scrutiny. It is a fairly broad definition. It is not confined to injuries sustained in the course of operational duties as a police officer. The, the, the shortest definition of it that I can offer is that it's injuries which are attributable to work circumstances, things that are experienced by or things that impact upon the officer while he is at work. Uh, that that is what is meant by the execution of duty, because of course some police officers may routinely have to deal with fairly awful situations. Yes, and it can have a cumulative effect. It may yes. be difficult to separate that from perhaps pressures in their home life as well, but it may be that one contributes to another, and that may be behind the, the it, thinking. It, it, yes, I, I should perhaps add following on from the point that you you raised, that, of course, many psychiatric injuries are multifactorial Mm. and are caused in part by matters that are outside the execution of duty uh, and in part by matters that uh, fall within that definition. But under the regulations, if work circumstances have caused or made a substantial contribution to the psychiatric injury, then entitlement to an injury award is established. So let's discuss now the mechanisms for challenging an initial decision on pension entitlement. The original decisions on these medical questions, as I've indicated, are made by the selected medical practitioner. Yes. And the Chief Constable of the Police Pension Authority is bound by those decisions unless and until they are successfully challenged. There are several routes open to an officer who disagrees with the decision of an SMP. The, The principal route is a statutory right of appeal to a board of medical referees, the so-called Police Medical Appeal Board. There is also a right in the officer uh, in certain circumstances in the rather archaic uh, terminology of the regulations where the officer is aggrieved by uh, a, a refusal 
to admit as of right an award or a greater award than that granted. There is a right in the officer to appeal uh, to the Crown Court and it is not commonly known that the Crown Court does have a civil jurisdiction and it and this is one aspect of that civil jurisdiction and it does hear police pensions cases in, in certain circumstances. Yes. So there are those two routes and where rights of challenge under the uh, regulations do not arise, there remains the possibility of a judicial review. And indeed, a judicial review is often the remedy which is used uh, by the police pension authority, by the chief constable, him or herself, in order to challenge a decision in circumstances where they do not have a mechanism for doing so uh, under the regulations. To, to complete this rather long answer, there is still further a mechanism under which uh, the, the medical authority, that's either the SMP or the PMAB, can reconsider a previous decision of theirs. Um, but that can only arise, that only arises where the police pension authority where the chief constable agrees to a reconsideration. So that, I think, deals with the, with the various uh, routes and mechanisms by which uh, decisions on entitlement to pensions, which are, which, would, which are otherwise described under the regulations as final, can be challenged. Is there a duty to review the degree of disablement, as that may affect the level of the pension? Yes. Well, under the regulations... Uh, broadly speaking, where an injury award, uh, entitlement to an injury award, is established, uh, that uh, injury award is payable for life. Hmm. And as I mentioned in an earlier answer, uh, the purpose of an injury award is to compensate the officer for loss of earning capacity. Now, of course, that officer's duty injury may change over time. It may become less severe or more yes. severe. It may have a greater or lesser effect on his earning capacity. And, of course, in certain circumstances, his earning capacity, if uninjured, may change. And the pension authority, the chief constable, is under a statutory duty to consider from time to time, the intervals are not specified, to consider from time to time whether the officer's degree of disablement has altered. And that is done by referring the officer back to an SMP, not for reconsideration of his entitlement to the uh, injury award because that has been established. Yes. But simply to consider the degree of disablement, whether it has altered or stayed the same. And if the SMP concludes that the degree of his disablement has substantially altered, then that will have an effect on the level of entitlement to pension. Uh, and of course, that effect may be to increase the banding or decrease the banding, or indeed, uh, after a review, the, the banding may remain the same. In practice, how often 
do these reviews happen? You said there's no prescribed time. I, I think it depends very much on the practice within the individual force, but more particularly the nature of the injury in question. Where an initial assessment by a selected medical practitioner concludes that uh, an officer is entitled to an injury award and uh, that the entitlement is to an award at a particular band, uh, there is provision on the standard form which is used for the production of the SMP's report for a recommendation to be made as to when review should take place. And one can see that there may be uh, certain injuries which will require quite frequent review uh, and uh, other injuries where it's sensible for that review uh, not to take place for some time. John Hall-Allen, thank you very much. Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com.